Welcome to the Autism Classroom Resources Podcast, the podcast for special educators who are looking for personal and professional development. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Reeve. For more than 20 years, I've worn lots of hats in special education, but my real love is helping special educators like you. This podcast will give you tips and ways to implement research-based practices in a practical way in your classroom to make your job easier and more effective. Welcome back to the Autism Classroom Resources Podcast. I'm so glad that you've decided to join us today in this crazy fall of 2020 when anything can happen. I am Chris Reeve and I'm your host and I am in a series of tips to try to help whether you're going back to school or teaching distance. At the beginning of the school year, it's always all about the classroom routines. So if you're going back in the classroom in 2020, you probably have a few new COVID-19 classroom routines that are new to everybody. Adding any new routines to a classroom can throw things off the rhythm of the best functioning team. And let's face it, there's enough going on in your head right now that anything you can begin to tame and rock the classroom organization is so worthwhile. So in this episode, I've got three tips you can use to help master those new classroom routines and get your year going. If you've listened to any of the episodes where I've talked about classroom setup, like episode 41, where I talk about the model behind good classroom design, which you can find at autismclassroomresources.com slash episode 41, you know I like to automate as much of the everyday running of the classroom as possible. The less time you have to think about the structure and routine, the more time you have to focus on the teaching and the students. And that hasn't changed with our new COVID-19 reality in 2020. However, it does mean adding a few elements to our structure to help keep our efficiency going. Now, as I mentioned, I'm going to do a few podcasts of three tips. I'm going to try to do some will be on distance learning, some will be on uh learning in the classroom. Hopefully you will find things that are useful for you. I have a free download that goes with this episode that you can try in your classroom. Uh, It's in the free resource library and I'll link to that below, but you can also find everything from a transcript to related information to signing up for the resource library and grabbing the tool at autismclassroomresources.com slash episode 47. So let's get started. I know how odd this fall is beginning, and there's so much uncertainty and new things and changes happening every time you turn around. But there are strategies that you can easily incorporate using our structure of the classroom to rock this year just like you will any other And hopefully these three tips can start you on your way to mastering the art of the classroom that still runs itself in 2020, because that is, after all, everything I'm all about. So tip number one goes back to episode 45. Uh, If you've followed for a while, you know how much I love a zoning plan. I talked about them in episode 45. If you don't know what a zoning plan is, it's like a staff schedule on steroids. The zoning plan is what lets 
everybody in the classroom know what their jobs are for each part of the day. And I get pretty detailed with mine down to who grabs the walkie-talkie on the way out the door and who monitors the timer. So tip number one is that we need to put it in the zoning plan. So when you have new classroom routines, like sanitizing books, sanitizing materials on a regular basis, it just makes sense to add that to the duties to go into the zoning plan. Figure out who has time and write it into the job. And stay tuned if you think, oh my gosh, not another thing I have to delegate. I've got tips for those too. In episode 45, I shared a story about four paraprofessionals cleaning the snack area, and the teacher, meanwhile, was trying to manage 20 preschoolers while setting up for circle. Zoning plans avoid that issue. In the zoning plan, one staff member and maybe a student helper clean the snack area while the others are helping manage the other 19 students in the circle area. So the long and the short is that staff doesn't know what needs to be done if the educator, the teacher in charge of the class, isn't telling them, isn't giving direction. But usually our special education support staff are so amazing that they will pick up what they see that needs to be done, just like those four prepare professionals who were cleaning the snack area. They all recognized that it needed to be done. They didn't have any other prescribed things they should be doing, so they pitched in and helped but it wasn't the best way to manage all the staff in the classroom. And that means that when they pick up those things, they may not always be the things that you wanted them doing at that time. So if you have new routines to clean off desks, sanitize books, sanitize materials, whatever it is, write them down as you think of them. And chances are that'll be an ongoing process for the first couple weeks of school. Make a list in those first few days and then integrate them into the routines and your schedules on your zoning plan so that you've assigned someone who knows they need to do that. Tip number two involves checklists. Do you suffer from decision fatigue? I know I do. And if you haven't heard of it, decision fatigue is one of the reasons why educators are so exhausted at the end of the day. We make millions of decisions throughout the day and each one expends a little bit of energy. I wrote more about decision fatigue and how to combat it and and reduce stress on a blog. So I will make sure to link to that on the blog post page for this episode. But the thing with decision fatigue is that automating parts of your classroom with systems is one of the best ways to combat it. But that will mean that you need to delegate responsibilities to your team. Sometimes delegating is simple and it makes sense. Other times it feels like it would just be easier to do it yourself. And I get that. I I struggle with that as well. You're not alone. Or maybe you just feel like when you delegate, you have to redo whatever you gave them. And I've struggled with that a ton as well. One way to reduce decision fatigue and make sure that new classroom routines are getting done the way you want and the way you need them to be done is to use checklists. Checklists can save your sanity, whether you are doing the task yourself or handing it off to other people. When you use checklists, you don't have to think about the steps to make sure you remember all the little details that need to be done. I use checklists when I create this podcast because they tell me all the different steps so I don't leave something out. If I don't look at my checklist, I tend to leave things out. 
if you're handing the task off to other people, then they don't have to think about the steps and you can be more assured that all of those little details will get done. So you can actually go download a free checklist in the resource library. It is for resetting independent work systems. It's great to laminate, put on the wall, sign up for free if you aren't already a member or log in if you are, and you will find an independent work resetting checklist uh, designed to help you reset the structured work system. And finally, number three is another one that kind of deals with the same issue, but it's so important to share the load with everybody in the classroom. I realize this will be a newsflash to some of you. You can't do everything that needs to be done in your classroom. I know it is so tempting sometimes. Sometimes it just seems easier, but delegating is key to actually accomplishing what you need. And routine tasks or tasks that will become routine are great things to delegate, especially when you're using checklists. So here's a couple of hints that I find useful in my thinking when delegating anywhere, but also in the classroom. First, rethink what delegation means. Did you know that when you try to do everything in your classroom, your staff might think that you don't trust them? I've had that, I've seen that happen in classrooms. They become hesitant to take initiative to complete tasks without direction because they don't want to mess anything up. I had a teacher who had the neatest data book I've ever seen, and I knew that it was real data. She hadn't just made it up. She was that neat. Her staff didn't want to take data because they didn't want to mess up her book. So reconsider delegation, not as foisting something off on someone else, but as building true collaboration of the team. And that's a really important component showing them that you trust them to do it, and also developing their skills at managing a classroom. That makes them a more valuable paraprofessional. If they're going on to be a teacher, it instills a lot of really useful skills. So think of it as building their skills as well. And then ultimately, it results in less things you need to do. But also remember that you want to share the not fun tasks as well. Don't just delegate those to people. And I talk about how this delegation really can help to boost classroom productivity in episode 24. So if you want to listen to that one, it's at autismclassroomresources.com slash episode 24, where I talk about ways to delegate and think about delegation as one option. The second thing about sharing the load is don't forget to assign some of the routine things to the students. Class jobs and helpers are an important way that our students gain confidence and learn independence. And yes, the students will probably need some help with things, especially when they get started. However, if you give them the job, they can learn to clean their own area, their own materials, and contribute to classroom responsibilities as well. If needed, you can assign the jobs to students with help from a staff member. And just make sure to program enough time into your schedule for your students to take the time to learn to complete the task as it's needed. And as an extra bonus, checklists are great for the students to follow to complete their tasks too. Whether they are written or picture schedule kinds of checklists, checklists are awesome for that as well. 
So hopefully that gives you some ideas of how to manage all the new chaos that the COVID-19 situation is presenting us with. I'd love to hear some of your solutions of how you're dealing with all of this. So hop over to our free educators Facebook group and share that with us at specialeducatorsconnection.com. We've been having great discussions about all topics back to school and managing distance learning and new situations in the classroom in the Special Educator Academy. So come grab your seven-day trial, free trial, and find out what it's all about. Also, go back to the blog post at autismclassroomresources.com slash episode 47 and grab your free checklist there or log into the resource library and get it there. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I really appreciate it. I know your time is precious and hopefully you will be back next week when I will have three more tips. 